ready to take a ride. Grab your coffee and tune in each night at 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific to the Omega Man Radio Network with your host, Shannon Ray Davis. Omega Man Radio is taking enemy territory for Jesus Christ, Yahshua preaching the gospel of the Messiah, and ministering in deliverance and miracle healing. Add some great guest interviews, and you have the recipe for fresh oil for the airwaves. Tune in at OmegaManRadio.com. Well, good evening, everybody, and I want to welcome you to a late-night edition here in America of Omega Man Radio. Of course, it might be daytime where you're at. If you're tuning in from Australia, it'd be Saturday, little afternoon. We've got a special broadcast for you right now. I'm welcoming back Deliverance Minister Peter Whiffen from the Gold Coast. Peter, good day, mate. Hello. How are you? I'm doing good. <laughs> hey, I've got a question. Well, yes. If I were to call someone a bloke, is that a good word or a bad word? I just didn't know. Yeah, that's that's an okay word. That's just says really a man. All right, a guy. So, it's, it's like saying a guy. All right, so I could say we're welcoming uh, Peter Whiffen, the bloke from Gold Coast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, okay. you could say that. <laughs> All right, I'm learning some new words tonight. Hey, Peter, it's been too long, man. How you been? Yeah, going well. Um, fighting some big fights here. And um, we've been discovering some things. And uh, ongoing every day. Uh, work, life, deliverance every day. Um, challenges. And um, we're watching, uh, watching uh, God's grace move mightily all the time. Absolutely fantastic. Yes, it is. Amen. And it's an honor to have you back tonight. Praise the Lord. Do you want to open up in prayer? Yeah, let's open up in prayer. Um, You know, we thank you, God, just for today. We love you and praise you, our, our creator, our Father in heaven who made us and who through his word shows that he that he loves us. We, we thank you and we praise you for today. We thank you and praise you for everybody, all the saints and all who are to be saints. We thank you for everything you're doing. We thank you for the show, for the ministries, and we thank you for all the people. We ask in Jesus' name you come with us today and help the saints edify and build up everyone, set people free in Jesus' name. Amen. We pray. Amen. Praise the Lord. Peter, what would you like to title tonight's broadcast? The Blood's on Satan's Head. Man, amen. I received that one. Take it away. It's a good one. Okay. Praise the Lord. Well, it's um, it's been a while since we are here last time, and um, uh, what's happening is, is that God's given me the hard cases to pray with, some hard cases, and um, what it's doing is making us uh, struggle, fight, study, experiment, work on our faith, and and work on uh, what's what is the truth. And um, we've been finding out some things along the way. But it makes the stone sharp, sharpening up the stone, right? So um, what has dawned on me is um, what has dawned on me lately is is that um, 
is that God himself, as you know, loves us and, and he came and he died and um, and he rose again and that rising, uh, rising again is the proof of something. And um, there's a scripture that says he suffered. He suffered for his life was taken from the earth and he was humiliated and received no justice. Who can speak of his descendants? That's uh, in Acts 8.33. Who can speak of his descendants? Um, it, it mentions it also in Isaiah 53.8. By oppression and judgment he was taken away. And um, I had to think about it um, there's uh, a scripture, as we all know, up in uh, Revelation that says that we overcome him by the by the uh, the blood of the Lamb and the, and the word of our testimony, and they love not their lives unto death. And I was thinking, how come how come we overcome him by the blood of the Lamb? What's it got to do with him being Satan? What's what's Jesus' blood? got to do with Satan why are we overcome are we overcoming Satan by the blood of the lamb why is that so and from what I can see of the cross and the message of, of salvation the, 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 the gospel or the good news of peace mm. is that it's practical um, it's not blind faith it's practical proof and uh it's very, very logical when it unfolds in your mind. Who can speak of his descendants? Well, if we have a think about what blood is, it's um, Romans chapter 1 says that the things that are made, even the things in our body, show the unseen. And if we have a look at what blood is, it, it brings life, it brings oxygen, food, and it also fights. It actually... It actually swallows up disease with the white corpuscles. I believe that's how you get white garments from red blood. But anyway, it's white corpuscles. But what it is, is, is that the, how does the blood overcome Satan? And um, it dawned on me, Shannon. And it's pretty powerful. Um... I believe the people that put Jesus on the cross were manifesting. They, um, it wasn't the people. It was the spirits, the spiritual forces of wickedness, the demons, in the people manifesting that yelled out, saying, crucify him, crucify him. And they yelled out, let the blood be on our heads and our children's heads. Now, how can we tell this? We can tell it because Jesus, when he was arrested, identified something very interesting. It just jumped off the page at me. If we read in Luke 22:52, it says, Then Jesus said unto the chief priests and the captains of the temple and the elders which were come to him, by the way, they'd come to arrest him, be ye come out against a thief with swords and staves? 
when I was daily with you in the temple, you stretched out no hands against me. Now, Jesus says something very interesting, but this is your hour and the power of darkness. That statement, and the power of darkness, points the finger right at the devil. He was there arresting Jesus. So what does this mean? This means that because Jesus was innocent, the death of Jesus is on the head of the power of darkness, which is Satan, directly. So if we go to it, Matthew twenty-seven twenty-five. Then answered all the people and said, His blood be on us and our children. That's people speaking things, and we all know that demons can speak out of people. So, in another place, Jesus said to them, Forgive them, they don't know what they're doing. It's in Luke twenty-three thirty-four. Then Jesus said Jesus, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. So Jesus himself is saying it's the power of darkness and it's the people don't know what they're doing. So the death of Jesus is on the spiritual realms of wickedness. It's on the darkness, on the demons. Um, it's interesting that we know that Jesus was innocent. Um, it is interesting that three times they were offered Jesus to be released in Luke twenty three twenty two it says, and he said to them the third time, why what evil has he done? I found no cause of death in him. I will therefore chastise him and let him go. Every matter is established in two or three witnesses. That matter that he was innocent is established. Yet they yelled out, saying in twenty three twenty one. Crucify him, crucify him. I found it very interesting how a week before on Palm Sunday, Jesus rides in on a donkey and they lay down the um, the psalms and the garments and uh, call him Hosanna in the highest. Yet one week later they have a, a pole shift and they're yelling out, release Barabbas, crucify him. To me, it's spirits manifesting. So anyway, we started praying this, Shannon, <laughs> and uh, my goodness, it, it, it made a big difference. Started making a huge difference. What We know the scriptures say that to execute on them the judgment written, this honor have all the saints. That's well, right. The Psalm judgment. Yeah. Yeah. So what, I, what it's dawned on us is this. It's not about what demons have done to us. It's not as far as their judgment written against them. Because we, we're all um, up until, you know, up until when we're saved and everything, whatever happened to us happened because of legality. It was able to happen to us. We'd all deserve death. We'd all sinned and fallen short and deserve death. But Jesus didn't deserve death, so death hopped on him illegally. Now death must die. 
the demons in the people called for him to be crucified illegally. They were plainly told he was innocent. Therefore, it's their fault. Now, what's happening now is is that we have the we have the honour. God has given, handed us the honour to execute this judgment on the spirits. We have the right to put on them the judgment written. Well, guess what the judgment written against them is? It's eye for eye. Tooth for tooth, life for life. So we started calling that on them. You spirits, you suffer the burden of the cross. And oh my goodness. <laughs> they they started reacting so violently, it wasn't funny. It's very powerful. So um, we started commanding on them the judgment written to take the burden of the cross and to take the pain that Jesus suffered on them now. And they started just flooding out of people, just coming out. (laughs) It's about the payback for Jesus Christ, not the payback for us. It's about the payback for his death on the spirits. Um, the Bible plainly says who crucified Jesus. It says in First uh, Colossians 2.8, which none of the princes of this world knew, for, the, for had they have known it, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. It's the princes of this world that crucified Jesus. Principalities, powers, rulers, parties. Spiritual forces of wickedness in the heavenly realms did it through the people and Jesus said they didn't know what they were doing, the people. So what this has done is changed the whole game plan in uh, in, uh, casting out demons, doing deliverance and healing. And um, uh, we found it uh, really effective. So you pray like this. Um, you get a person there, and um, in the name of Jesus, I put the burden of the cross of Jesus Christ on you spirits. You take it now, in Jesus' name. And you watch them buckle. <laughs> so basically that's what we've been learning. We've also been getting spirits to confess that they receive that getting them to confess that they bow and receive the payback for the cross of Jesus Christ. And um, they haven't liked it. No, they don't like that at all, do they? <laughs> no, they haven't liked it. So the, <laughs> the blood on their head, continually, I'm calling for them to take the blood on their head and the sufferings of Jesus Christ eternally. Even in the pit, you should hear them whinge. No, don't do that. Don't do that. They're going. So we cast on them what they've done for eternity. And um, the chicken, the the ones that are chickens, all run. The others, some of them have a go, but they get clobbered with this. So it's very powerful. <laughs> so that's what we've been doing lately. Hey, praise the Lord. Amen. If you're just tuning in, we've got Minister Peter Whiffen from the Gold Coast of Australia. 
Peter, uh, some may not have heard you speak before. God has also showed you some other weapons. Uh, talk a little bit about the, um, the scrolls and the flags and the banners, if you would. Also, would you touch on the, uh, the table of the Lord? Yeah, sure. Um, <clears throat> we found that um, uh, we found that because God is so loving, He's He's made His way. He said His yoke is easy, His burden is light, and uh, He's made a way that people can deal with their issues um, and and have a bit of grace. Uh, people call it the first love, or that you know you first become a Christian and everything sort of goes rosy for a little while, and it wears off, and <laughs> reality hits. Well, what we found is is that's actually known as milk. It's the um, it's the milk. Um, God's referred it to it as milk because the natural shows the supernatural, and milk, mother's milk, is is perfect love to a baby. So God is described as milk. It's the land of milk and honey, and uh, that milk. Uh, what it does is it's an anesthetic, uh, Shannon and everyone. We, le- we learned it's an anesthetic. Uh, what, what it does is, you know, you've got a screaming baby and, and, you, and you get a bottle or, or mom feeds the baby some milk, the baby settles down and goes to sleep. Right. So according to Romans 1, the natural shows us the unseen and milk in the natural does that. It's also an antibiotic, and it, it gives life to new babies. Well, what it is, is, is that God, in his wisdom, has made it very easy. And deliverance, I believe, is a two-step process. Uh, first, the milk. Uh, Paul mentions it. Uh, up until now, I've given you milk. I, I can't give you the reference here, but you can look it up. Up until now, I gave you milk, but you still carnal. And um, you haven't sorted yourselves out, so I can't give you the meat. I believe deliverance is a two-step approach. It's the milk, puts the enemies to sleep. It's like anesthetic, calms things down so a person can come in their right mind, learn about how to hold deliverance, and then get full deliverance, which is the meat. Peter, um, I looked up that verse for you, First Corinthians 3.2. I have fed you with milk and not with meat, for hitherto ye were not able to bear it, neither yet now are ye able. Hmm. Now why aren't they able? They're not able because the demons will come back. The uh, the issue is the issue is um, why do we preach and teach? We we preach and teach so that people can keep their deliverance, keep their healing, keep their deliverance. Uh, it's pretty hard if you're a drug addict and and you um, get full deliverance, but then start shooting drugs up again and they come back. So, so the milk puts things to sleep so that a person can learn and and grow up in faith and then get their full deliverance. So it's a two-step program. Hard to get your mind right if you've got demons screaming inside your mind and distracting a person all the time. So God in his love, he's made a spiritual anesthetic, and it's called the milk. And, and this is why it's the land of milk and honey. It's, it's the land of the love of God, first love, milk. And the milk 
Shannon is not teaching, by the way. Paul, there in that verse somewhere, says it's, it's spiritual milk. Now, let me find it here. I've got some notes here somewhere on milk. I want you to touch on uh, Judges 4 also. Uh, Sisera. Yes. Uh, that Brack, the son of Abinoam. Yeah. He's, uh, his name means battle array. His name means battle array. Who does? Sisera. Uh, Sisera. Sisera. He, his name means battle array up in Judges 4 there. And um, the Bible calls her, um, who she came in uh, the tent, blessed among women in the tent. The Bible sets her pretty high there as blessed above every woman. And um, why? Well, she did a very simple thing. She fed him milk. She understood something there that was interesting. She wanted to get rid of this guy. He was the commander-in-chief of the armies against Israel and um, he was on his own there was a perfect opportunity to get rid of him and um, she knew that milk would put him to sleep this was uh, JL JL yeah her name means uh, mountain goat so she's really a sheep that climbs the mountains and um, she she gave him milk um, as the story goes, he fell asleep. He did ask for water, so she, she absolutely disobeyed what he wanted. And she gave him milk. Um, when that milk put him to sleep, she actually um, nailed him. <laughs> nailed him right to the, to the ground with a tent peg of all things. Um, there's your full deliverance. Uh, the milk put him to sleep. The tent peg killed him. Now, now, what are we, Shannon? Uh, are we not a tent? Um, we're called a tabernacle, a tent, a house, a temple. That's right, the temple of the Holy Spirit, right? Yeah. And what what is a tent peg? It, it's a stake, isn't it? Yes. So, so we got here. We got a stake. A house peg stake, that to me looks pretty close to the cross. So she took, you could say she took the cross and nailed it through his head. She nailed him through the temple, which is your thinking parts, to the ground. It, what, what does the ground uh, represent? God says, cursed is the ground, Adam, because of your sake. So he he got nailed he got nailed to his own curses he got nailed to the curse the ground um, Jesus became a curse for us hanging on a tree it's the curse of the ground the curse is the ground for your sake so we got battle array which is the array embattlement against the people being nailed to the curses by a tent peg, the cross, right there. But the steps were, put him to sleep with the milk, then nail him with the cross. <laughs> and um, with that, uh, he lay dead with a nail through his temple. She, uh, yes. she smote a king. 
So yeah. how do we take that? That 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 actually happened, folks. It's in the Word of God. How do we take that and uh, take the spiritual application from it and use it against the enemy? Well, the 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 uh, the uh, James says you don't receive because you don't ask. So we ask for the milk. We we ask for God to send His milk and put our enemies to sleep. It's pretty that simple. Now I had a story. There's a there's a lady we know in the prayer group. Uh, she's got a four year old son. Uh, he never would go to the toilet. He was in diapers, driving her crazy. Um, never been to the toilet. The toilet scared him. Oh boy, a lot of pampers. So, yeah. And it was just driving her crazy, you know, a four-year-old boy having to change him and all that all the time. But, you know, he was going to the toilet and terrified of the toilet. So, you know, it dawned on me, well, let's try the milk. So we did. Next day, goes to the toilet. <laughs> it's um, By the way, she got a job and um, some other things happened. The... Repeat that again. Uh, I lost you in part of that. So he had um, an aversion to going to the bathroom, would not get up on the toilet. And so yeah. what did she do to change that? We prayed the enemies that are battling against the family and the little boy and everything. Drink milk. Drink the milk of God. And um, he went to the toilet the next day. Well, praise the Lord. Solved. Because these were that? these were demons that were tormenting this four year old boy, weren't they? Yeah, he had an un, he had a fear of going to the toilet, maybe falling in and drowning. Who knows what he thought? Those those devils were tormenting his mind. God hadn't given a spirit of fear, power, and love and sound mind. So you you prayed and asked God to put the enemies of that young man to sleep with the milk of the word. Yes. And the next and day, him- go ahead. I'm sorry? Yeah, next day, no problem to the toilet without fear. I missed one part, though. What what else did you do in addition to asking them to give them the milk? Gave them the milk uh, um, against the enemies and asked them to put the enemies to sleep. Okay. And then from there, from there, you know, everyone can get a chance to think and they can get a chance to learn and they can get a chance to pray and, and uh, get their meat, the full deliverance. But just that... You know, it was about the time I was discovering this, and we tried it out, and and it and it moved so dramatically. There, you know, the lady would uh, gladly write that in the testimony. It was amazing. What about? Uh, she also got got a job. She oh. couldn't get a job. She had a, she had a job fall over, and um, within a week she had a, a beautiful job that she wanted. Okay, so how did you pray for that situation? Uh, the fact that she needed a job. How did your prayer go? Well, we didn't specifically pray for the job. We just prayed that, that God sent his milk and put to sleep all her enemies. Well, that's that powerful. battling a rain. Yep. Uh, Peter, can we do that right now to the listeners out there? Would you pray that prayer? There's some people out there yeah, uh, sure. addicted to cigarettes. Sure. Others are uh, have issues with some pain out there and other yes. types of torment. We've got a, one lady out there that says she has a... Uh, a snake that is wrapped around her after she had um, a conversation, uh, phone sex with a Muslim by phone. Uh, We've got all kinds of stuff going on out there, people under attack. Uh, How could we use the milk in this situation? 
Okay, we, we'll, we'll pray and then we'll talk about the situations. But the, what we do is it is faith in Jesus Christ, faith in his blood that died for us, faith in the fact that God loves us, and the milk is the expression of God's love. It's just like a mum expresses milk to a baby because the mum loves the baby. So in the love of God, he will, he will put to sleep our enemies to give us a chance to sort ourselves out. So you can pray along with me. I'll pray and you pray along with me. I'd like everyone to pray and not just repeat because it's got to come from your heart, not mine. <laughs> you know, this is, the big, this is the big thing. Um, if I pray... You can say the words and say, I agree with these words, and that personalizes it to you. If you merely parrot what I say, that's not you. That's me. <laughs> so it's important to pray it from the heart, because with the heart one believes unto salvation, right? Right. Right? Nothing works unless it comes out of your heart. <laughs> Amen to that. Amen. So we pray it. This is a good way to pray. Now you can pray this over your whole family. You can pray it over your friends. You can pray it to people to help them who've got problems. So let's pray God's love over your situation and ask him to put together, put to sleep all the things that are fighting you. And this is powerful. So we pray now? Oh, yes, please. We'll pray. Okay, whoever's ready, you just pray. And at the end of this, say, I agree with these words. Apply them to me. So, Father, dear Father God, we come to you in Jesus' name. I pray for myself here, and I pray for everyone here, Father God, everyone listening and everyone who will listen and everyone who's told this message. I pray in agreement with them, Father. We know that you, you love us because you proved it by sending Jesus Christ to die for us. So we pray now, Father God, that our enemies that are battling, arraying, against us be put to sleep that they be given the milk from your love and that they be made inactive in our life so that we can receive in time the meat of your promise which is your word and be fully delivered from these situations we pray it in the name of Jesus Christ your one and only son the king of king and lord of lords Amen. It's that simple. I, I touch and agree and receive that for myself as well in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. It's that simple. And um, Paul says, you know, it's very interesting in that passage. He didn't get up all the people for being carnal. He was more up them for being carnal that they couldn't get their full deliverance. Yeah, you haven't sorted your life out. You're still mucking around and you won't get your full deliverance yet. <laughs> you know, It's like up until now I've put everything to sleep. I've settled everything down for you. But you know, you've got to get your act together and then I can get you your full deliverance. So it's a step process. God loves us. He knows what we've been through. You know, Jesus didn't trust men because he knew what was in men. It's all a demon problem. You know, we can tell it's a demon problem, Shannon, from the Bible. What happens when the millennium's in place? In the new millennium, uh, Jesus Christ will be ruling and reigning. Uh, for a thousand years, Satan will be bound up. 
and, and then there's peace be, on Earth, right? And there'll be peace on Earth during that time. Mm. Even peace in the natural world in, uh, with, the, with the animals. That's right. Lion so will lay down got, with the lamb, right? What? Yeah. So, so what's the changing factor there? You know, the, the changing factor is Satan's bound. I think it even says children will be playing over the pit of an asp. You know, yeah, they play with snakes. Snakes won't even bite kids anymore. So it's like the changing factor there is Satan's bound and Jesus is ruling. Mm. So that, that's our problem. Every single problem we have is because Satan is ruling and Jesus is bound. <laughs> You're not bound, but he's not in our life. It's, 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 we haven't been delivered from the captive, you know, the, the captiveness yet. You know? Brother, that'll so, be a good time. I'll even be able to swim with some great white sharks, and they won't look at me like chicken. <laughs> They'll take us water skiing. You know, That's we right. tie ropes on their backs and swim with them like the dolphins. I'm serious. That's right, but, folks. But the, the difference is there's no devil in the world. You see that? People say, oh, don't give glory to the devil. But the thing is, the devil's causing it all. You know, sin, sin up there in, um, sin is called the devil up in, or a man up in um, Genesis. God's saying to Cain, sin lies at the door, you shall rule over him. He's got a desire for you. Uh, sin is a person? Yeah, when we sin, we're following that person. We're letting that person be God and we're letting him lead us. That's what it is. It's, it's, <laughs> it's following the author of sin. And um, when the author of sin's not here, we, uh, we can live nicely. So when, when the enemies are given the milk... A person's world or world will settle down. But remember this, in nature, babies are not babies forever. And it's and it's a it's an anesthetic and it's an anesthetic that wears off. So there is a time of grace in that to get things sorted out. Can't be abused too much. But God is gracious, He loves us, and people can get a chance here. Get their right minds back and everything else. Okay, this is so a good say, point. Yeah. Good point yeah, you brought up. Let's say we've got um, family members or friends that don't know Jesus Christ. We know that they're tormented mm -hmm. and bound by devils. Mm -hmm. Could you use the milk on their behalf? Yeah. Of course you can. You, as a representative of your family, okay, have have a have a right in your family. Don't you sit at the Christmas dinner table? You have a right in your family. You're accepted as a member. You can intercede and. And pray the milk on everyone. Pray the milk that God shows his milk, stand in the gap and put the milk out there for our family, give them grace in Jesus' name. And then, when you see them, I have a very, very simple way you can give the gospel to your family or anyone. Very, very simple, powerful, effective way, Shannon. Jesus gives the way you do it and uh, I discovered this, and it, it is absolutely fantastic. Tell us about it. Jesus said, who do you think, who do you say I am? And Peter answered, I, I haven't got the passage in front of me, but Peter answered and said, you're the son of God or something like that. And Jesus said, you know, this is what I'm going to build my church on. Well, if you say, Shannon, Say, Shannon, I met you, right? And I'm talking to you. I can simply say this to you. Shannon, who do you say the Son of God is? 
Well, who do you say Jesus is, is a better question. I would say Jesus is the Son of God. He is God. Yeah. That's a pass. Then you say, do you believe God raised him from the dead? My answer would be yes. Then you're saved. So what happens is, is that people will get born again answering correctly those questions. Why? Because they have testified from their mouth the Lord Jesus. And he will testify them to the Father. What if they don't know who Christ is? Then you have to explain and then ask them the question again. And ask them, who do you say Jesus is? If they don't know, a preacher explains who Jesus was. Then you ask, who do you say he is? Now, some, um, some who are not being saved will not say who he is, and they will not believe he was raised from the dead. But it is a good test. I, I had a little girl came home, a friend of my daughter's came to stay, and I tried this out in the car. We're driving along, and I asked her. Now, she has a Muslim for a stepdad. <laughs> wow. All right? Yes. So I, I just go those questions and she said I believe Jesus son of God doesn't go to any religious family no school nothing and do you believe God raised him from the dead oh yes amazing that's what Romans 10 says verse 9 that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus and shall believe in thy heart that God hath raised him from the dead thou shalt be saved there you go. For the man, heart man believeth unto righteousness, with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. For the scripture okay. says, Whosoever believeth unto him shall not be ashamed. For there is no difference between the Jew and the Greek. For the same Lord over all is rich unto all that call upon him. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord Jesus Christ shall be saved. Amen. We're live tonight with Peter Whiffen. Uh, Peter, yeah. God also gave you a revelation about uh, the passage that many have heard read you know David talking about uh, the Lord is my shepherd I shall not want he leadeth me beside the still waters yes yes he restoreth my soul Mm -hmm. yea though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death I shall fear no evil for thou art with me thy rod and thy staff they comfort me and prepares the table before me in the presence of mine enemies. I may have yes. missed, missed a part there. Uh, talk to us about the deliverances available at the table. Okay. The table is again something to look at as per Romans 1. The natural shows the unseen. The things seen show the unseen. When we have our meals... We're sitting at a table and we're nourishing our life. If we don't sit at that table and eat, we die eventually. So everything I believe we get from God is at the table. And I thought about it. Why is he setting up a table in the presence of our enemies? Why? What's a table? Wouldn't it be better off to set up a sword in the presence of our enemies? 
or an army or a shield or a cannon or right. some, you know? Well, what set something up, you know, a shield or something. No, it's a table. <laughs> what the, oh, okay, Genghis Khan, I set up a table in the front of you. What's that going to do? <clears throat> well, guess what it does? It It is a weapon. Ah, Why likewise. is it a weapon? Why is it a weapon? And the weapon is becoming more plain and simple to me every day. What I just talked about was that Jesus Christ's death was on the head of the demons, our enemies. When we summons the demons to the table, what is on the table? The table example was the Lord's Supper, wasn't it? The Lord's Supper, that was another table, right? Well, yeah, what was on that table? Bread and, and wine, right? That's right, bread and wine. Now, what it is, is is that Jesus has put his life on the table. Okay, let's sit down at the table. Here's my life, if we're playing cards. Can you call my life and see my life and raise it? Judgment comes. You spirits now have to pay because I have on the table my life. And they can't pay. It is impossible for them to pay. It gets me to something I was going to talk about in this message, but we found that deliverance is at the table. It's deliverance at the Lord's table. The Lord's Supper is all deliverance. It's it's up there in... Praise the Lord. It's up there in um, Judges chapter... Uh, sorry, um... First uh, uh, Kings chapter 10. It says that the food and the meat of his table and the sitting of his servants, the attendance of his ministers and their apparel and his cupbearers and his ascent to which he went to the house of the Lord, there was no more spirit in her. Now she was still alive. Who was she? Queen Sheba. It's in First Kings 10 and it's in Second Chronicles 9. It's word for word in two places in the Old Testament. Her name means oath, and his name means peace. We are to preach peace. Find a worthy house and offer them your peace. We are to preach the kingdom is here and peace, which is deliverance. So the deliverance is at the table. Why is it at the table? It's at the table because the vacuum of the death of Jesus Christ is on that table. The blood is calling for payback and it can never be paid. So when we get demons there, we ask them to pay. They must then drink the cup of wrath appointed them, which is on the table. In Jeremiah, it speaks of the cup of wrath and that they must drink. And if they will not drink, to say the Lord says they will certainly drink. How do we know this? We know this from Luke 22, passages 29 to 30. I appoint unto Jesus, Jesus speaking, I appoint unto you a kingdom of, of as my Father has appointed unto me. That's the 
same kingdom, that you may eat and drink at my table in my kingdom, to sit on thrones judging the twelve tribes of Israel. The twelve tribes of Israel judging, I believe, means to judge what is in the bread of Jesus Christ, to use judge means actually judge means to separate put us under to pick out select choose it's to choose not judge israel as a judge judges in a court it's to judge what to use from the 12 tribes of israel i believe jesus christ harvested the blessings of israel in his body and broke it so we can all have some and that's signified by the showbread table has 12 loaves. Let me go back up here to, where do we go to? Up here to um, Leviticus. And you will see there are 12 loaves on the, um, the showbread, Leviticus 24.5. And thou shalt take fine flour and bake 12 cakes thereof. 12 cakes, 12 tribes. Two tenth deals shall make one cake, and thou shalt set them in two rows, six on a row, and upon the pure table before the Lord. That's the Lord's table. And thou shalt put pure frankincense upon each row, that it may be on the bread for a memorial. Well, what's that? That's got to be the body of Jesus. Even an offering made by fire unto the Lord. Now, this is something else powerful we found, Shannon. Tell me. You do communion and you pray for fire on the bread as per this scripture. An offering made by fire. They didn't burn that bread. It sat on the table. But Jesus in another place said, I've come to bring a fire on the earth and I wish it had already been kindled. Right? What happens then is any demons... Joined to us, are joined as that bread circulates through every cell of our body. The kingdom of heaven is like leaven and it filters through. So you eat that bread with fire on it, it will burn the demons out. They have to touch that bread at some point in every cell of your body. The verse you were talking about, Luke twelve forty nine. I am come to send fire on the earth, and what will I if it already be kindled? If it be already kindled. Okay, so uh, give me a. How would you uh, articulate that into a prayer? Okay, you bless the you bless the Lord's supper as we normally bless. We give thanks and we bless this to our body in Jesus' name. We bless the the food and the wine, the bread and the wine, and we call for the fire that Jesus wanted to bring to the earth to be on this bread and for every spirit of wickedness affecting us in our body to eat it. Wow, now would this be um, would this be as you're actually taking communion? Yeah. So you have your um, your bread and your wine, you know, your cracker, your juice, whatever you're going to use, right? And uh, yep. you, you eat this and you pray this prayer? Yeah. You call. James says you don't have because you don't ask. So you call for the fire, and I've had demons lead people just doing that. 
you call for uh, once again. You call for the fire to yes. of the Lord to come down and burn the bread. Yeah, to be on the bread as per Leviticus twenty four five. Okay. And you know you quote scripture, you can't go wrong. It's not me making this up. It's a, it's a burnt offering of a memorial. Jesus said, "Do this in memory of me." He points right to this scripture. Yes, he Put did. Put the fire on the bread. Yeah. He said, do it as a memorial. We do the communion as a memorial. Why? Because it brings our enemies to the table to realize they have to pay for the death of Jesus Christ. He prepareth the table before me in the presence of mine enemies. Yes. Okay. Uh, so, let me go back here to this verse. 1 Corinthians 11.26 For as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you do show the Lord's death till he come. So you, you, as you're doing communion, once again, what would be your prayer? You've got your crackers here, your unleavened bread, and your wine or your juice. What are you going to do? Yes, well, it's as per he commanded. We eat and drink this cup and this bread, the blood and the bread, as a memorial to Jesus Christ. And we believe in our heart that his blood saves us and his body pays for us. Because his body breaks the curse off us, because curse is he who hangs from a tree. Jesus became a curse for us. So we believe this bread is a curse for us, taking away our curses. And the blood is to cleanse us and overcome the devil in our life, Satan. And we pray the fire of God on our enemies as what Jesus came to bring, that fire. Not false fire, that fire. I'm careful to ask for that fire. Because there is false fire, and the sons of Aaron knew all about that. Pray for the fire of God. That Jesus brought. That Jesus brought. So, that Jesus brought. Okay. So, in, so what that does is brings judgment. The fire on the bread brings the judgment to the demons. They burn. They're burned. Out they come. Did I tell you my, my daughter saw a spirit coming out of a person? Tell me that story. I love stories. <clears throat> I put an ad in the um, <clears throat> in the uh, internet for anyone who wanted deliverance, and um, I only got one call, and, and this retired gentleman came to see me. He'd been everywhere. He was about 67 years old, Catholic, been everywhere, had extreme homosexual tendencies which robbed him of his life since he was 14. He, he had not practiced it. He had experimented but had not practiced it as a lifestyle as he hated it. But he was tormented with the driving force of it. So um, Peter Johnson came around. and uh, Actually, Barry McAlpine and Peter Johnson were with me. <laughs> they came to my garage. And... Um, this chap sat down, and, and uh, when we were talking to him, we realized he wasn't even saved. So we, we, we got him confessing Jesus Christ and got him saved. And then he started yawning spirits out for about two hours, big, wide yawns. He, he complained of sore teeth. And um, my little daughter, uh, Angelica, was uh, here, and I told them to stay up in the house, don't come in the garage because he's a strange guy, you know, and he wanted privacy. After he'd left, my daughter grabs me by the shirt, you know, tugging on my shirt and going, Dad, Dad. And I'm sort of saying, what do you want? What do you want? Dad, I, I looked through the door and um, I saw black smoke coming out of his mouth. 
<laughs> and I saw two hands come out of the black smoke and hold on to his teeth. Whoa. Yeah. He said it let go and it floated around at the top of the garage, looked around and then bolted through the ceiling. Praise God. How about that, out of a 10-year-old? That was powerful. <laughs> what, what were you all doing at the time? Just doing deliverance on him. And um, he was yawning these things out, and she watched it come out of him. So Jesus said with her that, open eyes. That brother's free, and this demon flew, came out of its mouth in black smoke and held on to its teeth. That was what was yeah. caused of the teeth pain. That's right. That's why he had pain in his teeth. That thing was hanging on for, for its life. Squeezing it. Um, yeah. Now, did you <laughs> did you make these demons uh, drink the milk or eat the bread? Yeah, we, we gave them the works. And um, uh, he did contact Barry back and said he'd never felt so clean in all his life. Okay, so there's some people out there that may be battling with various things. Sure. Whatever it is. It could be homosexuality. It could yeah. be a spirit of lust driving them mm -hmm. into pornography and masturbation. It could be someone mm -hmm. addicted to cigarettes tonight. It could be mm -hmm. someone hanging on, you know, some uh, deep-wounded hurt, maybe suicidal mm -hmm. thoughts. Uh, mm -hmm. There's some out there, you know, it could be anything. Mm -hmm. How could a person, could you, okay, uh, how could we uh, use this revelation the Lord gave you about there's deliverance at the, the table? The table. Mm -hmm. to uh, go against some of these spirits tonight. Okay. One of the things Jesus said, he said in two places, Shannon, if you don't do this, you'll have nothing to do with me. Now, to me, that gets my attention. Mm, That's yes. a very powerful statement, isn't it? Yes, it is. And there's two occasions where he said that, that I can find. And the first one is communion. And the second one is washing the feet. Oh, that's right. I haven't seen that done in a long time. Yeah. Now, when we see that ceremony, really, that's a waste of time doing that, I believe. It, because, see, what Jesus was doing was Romans 1, in the natural showing what happens in the unseen world. Why is he worried about your feet being cleaned? My goodness. It's not about clean feet in the natural. But it does show you that if you walk the Roman road... You, even though you are clean, you will get dirty feet. It shows you that by being in the world and not of the world, you'll still get attachments to you of problems. The dust in the washing of the feet, I believe, represents the curse that you pick up in the world just by living here. And we are to pray for one another, wash each other's feet, which is deliverance washing off the feet. How do I know it's deliverance? Jesus said to them, go and offer peace. If they don't want the peace, it comes back to you. That's the offer of deliverance because deliverance is peace at the table of peace. Then brush the dust off your feet and say, Sodom and Gomorrah will be better off than you. The dust representing, keep your curses. Keep your curse. So what we do is, is that we 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 participate in the table of the Lord and wash our feet, which is praying for one another. If we confess our sins to one another, he's just and faithful to forgive our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness, right? So that's how it's done. It's those two places where Jesus said, if you don't do this, you have no part of me. In other words, I won't be there delivering you. 
It's at the Lord's table and it's the praying the curses off each other. So how do we do that practically? We command, we command our curses, everything in battle array against us to the table for its judgment. We put on it the blood of Jesus Christ and we command it to leave us because when, we, when a person dies, the spirit leaves the body. When the demons are judged and the wages of sin is death, they have to leave the body. And out they have to come. So what he says is, is that let thy judgments help me in Psalms 119.175. Whoever eats and drinks, eats his bread and drinks the cup unworthily shall be guilty of the body and blood of the Lord. That's right. That, that is the demons. They are unworthy. When they are attaching their sin to you, you can attach the table of the Lord to them and they have to drink it and eat it with you. It's only fair. And they get judged. Now, what you have to do is make sure that you are not judged because Paul says that some have died because they ate unworthily. You must have no unforgiveness. Jesus is very plain on that. When you come to the table, if you have something against a brother, you go and sort it out and then come back. So there you go. That's right, because uh, if we have any unconfessed sin and the unforgiveness, you don't want to take the communion because some have died doing that. That's why um, you want to forgive everyone, repent of your sin, ask Jesus to forgive you, then take the communion. You know, many years ago, um, I remember some programs on uh, one of the uh, Christian networks. It was Perry Stone. That was the guy. I'm trying to think of his name. He had a series called The Mills, The Mill That Heals. And he interviewed um, a guest, and they did a segment where they believed that there was healing for the body in when you uh, take communion. My grandparents, uh, ministers for many years, also got into a, a daily routine where just about every day they would uh, have uh, devotionals in the morning, read the Word of God, and then they would take communion. And they really believed that uh, there was benefits in doing so. And I would mm. concur. I just think that uh, they were not even aware of the ramifications that we're talking about tonight, whereby... Mm -hmm. um, not only can this bring, bring healing to our bodies, okay, but uh, d deliverance at the same time. Mm -hmm. Because uh, what you're saying is we, we command these foul spirits to sit at the table mm -hmm. and eat the bread. Yes. And drink the cup. Yes. In Jesus it says name. in Revelation 15:6, For they have shed the blood of the saints uh, and the prophets... And thou hast given them blood to drink. Ah. Okay, so um, what else can you find at the table? Is it well, because it was the power of darkness putting Jesus on the cross, 
because the life of Jesus is on the showbread table. It's showing the principalities and rulers and authorities in your life that he's died because of them and they have to pay it back. The blood is calling out from the table for vengeance. Better things, it's, well, it's calling out better things than that of Abel's blood. Why? Because his blood wasn't condemned to die. It never had the curse of death on it. It was innocent blood. Now, what is blood? You've got to look at the price of the blood, or it's good to look at the price of the blood, Shannon. How much is the blood of Jesus worth, and how can you understand that in a practical sense? How much is, what is blood? Blood is also a bloodline, isn't it? Yes. Yeah? That's right. It's a bloodline, and there's a scripture that says here, who can speak of his descendants? Life's in the blood. A family line is carried in the blood. Yes. So who died on the cross illegally? Just Jesus himself? Or a whole bloodline? It says, who can speak of his descendants? For his life was taken from the earth. He had no justice. And either did his children. Technically, his children would have lived forever too. So the, so the value of Jesus' blood is enough to bankrupt the universe because oh, yeah. it's the value of every potential everlasting life that could ever be born from his bloodline. So it's like... What's the value of the last grain of wheat on the earth that's fertile? One grain or all the grains that can come from that? So his value of his blood, I believe, is represented by the vacuum of space in the universe. It can never be filled. It can never, ever be filled because it was too expensive. And this is how God, as a man, got to own everything fair and square. He gave up his bloodline, and it was taken illegally by the enemies. They must now pay eye for eye, according to the law of God, that you shall reap what you sow. Okay, so how can you um, exact that punishment on these demons? You must summon them to the table because it says here in Jeremiah, For thus said the Lord God of Israel unto me, Take the wine cup of this fury at my hand and cause all the nations to whom I send thee to drink it. It's, uh, up at the, it's also up there in Genesis when, when God is talking to Noah. I'll give you this. You know how it's judgment is mine, uh, judgment is mine says the Lord. Well, up here in Noah, in Genesis 9, 5. And surely the blood of your lives I'll require at the hand of every beast, I will require it, and at the hand of man, and at the hand of every man's brother, I will require the life of man. Whosoever sheddeth man's blood by man shall his blood be shed. 
it's up to man as a minister in God's kingdom to shed the blood of the demons, their life. It's covering the beast and covering the man there. The beast must give an account for shedding man's blood. That's the demons, I believe. So at the table of the Lord is where the judgment seat is. And we, at that table, command a payback, an accounting for the blood of Jesus Christ. When we do that on our enemies, they're toast. This is this is a powerful revelation, and it's deep, brother. How it's did deep. Um, uh, I tell you? I know you. <laughs> I know you spent some time on the Word of God. Yeah. It says here in Isaiah thirty-two one: "Behold, a king shall reign in righteousness. That's Jesus, and princes shall rule in judgment. That's us. There that's are right. set thrones of judgment and the thrones of the house of David. That's Psalm one twenty-two. To execute upon them the judgment written, this honour have all the saints. If we've been given the honour, God doesn't take it off us. And if we don't do it, who is going to do it? That's right. That's our that's our responsibility. It He's is. Ephesians chapter three, verse ten. The job of the church is to execute the wisdom of God on the on the principalities, powers, and rulers as achieved on the cross. We have to execute the cross of Jesus Christ on the demons. That's right. Uh, I'm going to throw this one in there. Numbers 33, 50. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Then the Lord spoke to Moses in the plains of Moab by the Jordan opposite Jericho, saying, Speak to the sons of Israel and say to them, When you cross over the Jordan into the land of Canaan, then you shall drive out all the inhabitants of the land from before you and destroy all their figured stones and destroy all their molten images and destroy all their high places and you shall take possession of the land and live in it for I have given the land to you to possess it mm -hmm. goes on to say verse 55 and folks this is a picture of deliverance the land in our own lives God has told us we're to take possession Take it back from the inhabitants, these demons which are inhabiting you and I through personal sin, through generational sins and curses. So we can take it back and we can possess our own land again. You can get your minds back. You can get your life back that the enemy has stolen in Jesus' name. Verse 55, there's a warning here. But if you do not drive out the inhabitants, that means to cast these demons out, of the land from before you, then it shall come about that those whom you, you let remain of them, that means if you don't go through deliverance, then these demons that you let stay will become as pricks in your eyes and as thorns in your sides. Interesting that Paul, the apostle, had a thorn in the flesh inside his body, a messenger of Satan, that's a demon, sent to buffet him. These things will become pricks in your eyes and thorns in your sides and they will trouble you in the land which you live. And isn't that so true? People are being tormented by these demons that are inhabiting them. And as I plan to do to them, so will I do to you. Folks, it's not optional. We've been yep. given a command to cast out devils from ourselves and from other people in Jesus' name. And you do, do self-deliverance, and there's time where you're going to need people to do deliverance on you. 
That's the way it works. Back and forth. We pray one for another. Cast these devils out. If we don't do that, then these demons are going to stay in and they're going to torment us. Be pricks in our eyes and thorns in our flesh and they're going to try and kill, steal, and destroy. And they have. They've taken out many people already. They're six foot under tonight. Destroyed. For a lack of knowledge and because they refuse to believe that a Christian can be demonized. Or they just said, you know what? If I ignore Satan, he'll leave me alone. I don't have time for this now. I'll deal with it later. Oh, I don't believe this. They'll believe it now if they could t- testify about it, but they're dead. Some have already killed themselves in the church. Pastor Charles Holtzhauser, Peter, said, if Christians can't have demons, then I haven't met a Christian yet. <laughs> yeah. And folks, yeah. this is a picture, okay, of not only because- what happened... But a spiritual yes. application. Let me give to you, brother. Yes, and um, what you're saying there is the land was given to Joshua. But it wasn't empty. Best life now. Here's your Walmart card. Come in and spend up big. It was full of giants. Sure and was. he had to fight. And I tell you what, if you want to look it up, there was 31 kings Whoa. In, the, in the land of uh, Canaan. Those kings all have meanings in their names, and uh, some of them are nasty. Really? And uh, yes. Now there were there were some kings that Joshua made friends with, and he never got rid of them. And others that were utterly defeated and destroyed. But you will find the land of Canaan. Its name means the low land. It's the land of milk. And the land of honey, we've mentioned what honey does. It heals the eyes and milk administers the love of God so that you can take the land. And it's in that love that you'll take the land and it's a spiritual love to put down your enemies. You've got there a battle. So if a Christian can't have a demon, what's he fighting for? What is he fighting against? You know, if if a Christian can't have a demon, then he can't be sick either, can he? Because it says that, lo, this lady, the daughter of Abraham, had a spirit of infirmity. And in any case, you can look in Job chapter 30 and you'll see that the demons put sickness on people. It says the strong arm of infirmity binds around them like a garment, around the neck, a collar of a garment. That's why Jesus mentioned she was bound. So when you have a splinter in your body, you get sick. When you have an unclean spirit living in your body, it can make you sick. That's why it's healing and deliverance, which is really all deliverance. I put that question to some people. I said to them, they said you can't have a demon living with the Holy Spirit. Well, I can show passages where it says the Spirit of God even lives in hell. So God knows all about the demons. He's not worried whether he lives with them or not. The thing is, is that they are in our flesh. And Shannon, it's important that the people realize we, there's three emotional beings can be active in a person. The person himself can be angry, sad, happy, loving, kind, 
um, or negative, the demon in a person can be happy, sad, angry, they don't be loving, but they can be those emotions and the person and the demon can be in agreement together on those emotions. And that's where the problem is. If you are angry, you might just be you. If the demon is angry and you feel anger for nothing, likely it's a demon. And if you get in agreement with that anger and act on it, you've sinned. You're with that demon in it, in its, in it, and letting that demon be your god and run your body. Okay, that's that's uh, wow, that's pretty powerful there. Uh, it says, "Be angry and sin not." Yes. So we're all capable as humans of the full garment of emotions. That's fine. Demons are also able to have the garment of emotions because they once were, some of them, half people, half angels walking the earth. Yes. They can have those emotions. And then God himself in us, as the Holy Spirit, can have emotions too. Mm, Yes. So we can be in agreement with God and his emotions in us. Or we can be in agreement with the demon and its emotions in us. Or we can have just our own emotions. Okay, because you can have the Spirit of God in you, okay? We do as believers, we have the Holy Spirit. All right? Yes. You can also have an unclean spirit, which is the spirit from from, uh, a being that once had a body. That's why they call it disembodied. And its body stayed on the earth and then got in you. That's why they call it disembodied spirits. They don't have fleshly bodies anymore. That died, but their spirits didn't die, did they? No. And they had nowhere to go because they weren't planned. They are perverse spirits, a perversion of nature. They have a soul, a mind, will, and emotion, right? Yeah. In other words, these demons have personalities. Everything you have except a body. Okay, and so... Uh, they want to get into a living being. That way they can, once again, act out in the flesh things they used to enjoy doing. I wonder if anybody out there saw a movie called They Live. It was, uh, uh, I believe, John Carpenter or Wes Craven, one of those guys, came out with a pretty good science fiction movie. It kind of gives a picture of what we're talking about here. Okay, and in this movie, there's a lot going on behind the scenes, but people are blinded to it until they put on these special sunglasses. And then that allows you to look around and see people for who they are and see things that uh, were not visible to the naked eye before. And you actually see that there are people walking around that are not really people. They're, they're these aliens. Okay. They're demon. Uh, they're, <laughs> they've got, uh, they're demons on the street and they, they showed a sex scene. Okay. I'm not trying to be too graphic here, but this guy walked in and had a on this couple. They're making love, and he had these glasses on, and he saw one of them was a woman, the other was a demon. Okay, that's what these demons do. You say, how do why do why do people do evil things? Raping, molestation, bestiality, murder. Folks, these are demons in people mm-hmm. acting out the, their lust, mm-hmm. and that's what they're doing. They're having sex with people. They're murdering people, and they're using your body. They have carjacked you, if you will. That's right. Taken over control of the will, and they're driving you. You're on a joyride. You're on their joyride, and what they do is uh, 
They're going to drive you until they destroy you. And you go into a, a fatal collision with a brick wall. I'm just trying to illustrate the point here. That's what's going on. These demons are in people, and they're controlling them. And there's a battle in some people, you know, back and forth. They don't want to give control of these demons. And other people, it's almost like they've been completely taken over. And they're blinded, you know, and they're taken captive at Satan by Satan at his will. What do you say to those statements? Yeah, but look, we need discerning of spirits. What is discerning of spirits? Discerning is, is what personality is behind what's happening. Okay. Well, is it me? Is this a spirit acting in me? Or is this me and the spirit acting together? Mm, in agreement. In agreement. Have I agreed to something, to do something I don't want to do? If you're doing that, if that's happening to you, it's a, it's a, it's a home run. You've got a demon in you. How can <laughs> two walk together as one unless they both agree? They're in agreement. So what you've got is there, just steal that thing. And you hadn't thought about stealing that thing. You know, the boss won't see or whatever it is. It's when you go, oh, yeah, okay, good idea. But that's not you. But now you've been led by the nose. And, you, and then the, you get caught and you get the sack and the demon laughs. Ha ha, hope they kill themselves now. You know, this is how they work. We can't be unaware of their devices. They are active in our minds. They can speak in our mind thoughts. And our soul is in, them, in our mind as well and can pick up those thoughts. That's how mediums work. Familiar spirits work. The, the, the spiritualist is sharing the same mind with a demon. That's exactly right, folks. Are you going to walk in agreement with these demons? Are you going to come out of agreement in the name of Jesus? That's it. I mean, what we're talking about here is deliverance. And these, right. things, are, these things are very real, folks. The Word of God says they are. They come to it's kill, the problem of the whole world. Still destroy. It's, the, it's the world's problem. It's it's the church's problem. It's the problem of man. It was the problem. It always has been the problem, and it's the reason Jesus died to solve this problem. Peter, so someone's saying, "Okay, I'm just being tormented today, Peter. You don't understand what's going on in my head." Mm -hmm. I'm just being a, a assaulted by lustful thoughts, mm -hmm. things I don't even want to mention. Or I've just got this uncontrollable urge to just kill somebody. I've just mm -hmm. got this intense hatred burning in me. I don't mm -hmm. want to be like this, but you don't understand um, mm. what's driving me here. Mm. They're telling the, the truth. They're being driven by something. Um, mm. I've just got these thoughts and feelings that I don't want. Um, what, how does a person take those thoughts captive to the mind okay. of Christ and fight back? You have to recognize that it is a person, a person in you doing that, if that's the case. It'll be a spirit in, in you or a kingdom of spirits in you. As per the book of Joshua, it wasn't just one. They were villages. They act like dogs in packs. But anyway, it is the prayer, God, 
something's affecting me, Jesus said, cast your cares upon me because I care about you. So it is God. This is affecting me. I feel like killing someone today. I call on the milk of your love. I call for your name for salvation and the milk of your love to put to sleep these enemies. And you'll find it might dissipate. It might take some heartfelt faith that it will dissipate. Then you you command, whatever is making me feel like that, I command you to judgment. You now take the cross on your head and you come out of me. And you can do that yourself and it'll come out. It'll come out. Now, I have to give a warning here. There, there, I have run into some people that have been Christians and have gone to um, active witchcraft and um, like gone and got Reiki healing uh, done or something like light that. Light healing, Reiki, yeah, where they... Lay hands and that. Yes. And one of the persons I've been dealing with was laying uh, for 12 months on a Reiki table uh, once a month as a Christian. Oh. Husband there approving, and um, these were high class Satanists, I believe. And this particular person one day went paralyzed and felt something enter, and now has spent the last seven years fighting off voices coming out of the mouth. Whoa, uninvited, extreme pain in the heart and head, and cannot work. So we have to be very careful as Christians. And I'm saying, you know, the, the pastor didn't warn on these things. You know, and what's happened here is you can get deliverance. you just got a few demons in you. But, but these type of cases where their name's gone down on the prayer list, per se, of active Satanists, then that person is really in big trouble. Because these Satanists, every time they get together, are, are ritualing and um, doing spells against that person's name. And very difficult there for a person to keep their life in that case. It's, it's very difficult. So basically, they opened up the door. They broke the hedge. The viper bit. Yep. Some foul spirit came in there. Now, folks, you're in trouble. At that point, because you brought a curse on yourself, you're playing around with witchcraft. It could be a three to four generational curse. Mm. You don't want to be doing that stuff. Um, would you say the same would apply to acupuncture, acupressure? Yeah, all those things, all those Eastern Eastern practices. Chinese yeah, witchcraft. You know, yeah. Solomon says an interesting thing. Time and chance happens to all men. You might get away with it, but you might not. You might just strike a high-level witchcraft practitioner that is administering demons, and then let me tell you, yes. some of them will some of them will be tattoo artists. So, can a Christian have a tattoo? Oh. Well, go go and get one. You you may get a demon with it, folks, or an an open doorway for witchcraft oh, man, that you I will find that. very difficult to get rid of. Um, oh boy, not worth it. Very dangerous, and I believe getting more dangerous every year as the rise of evil comes. See, Shannon, we never had as many people alive on the earth. We've got donors, millions and billions of people that are donors for spirits. 
The majority are all open to spirits. And there's, there is a flood of demons. <laughs> Leviticus 19.28 You shall not make any cuttings in your flesh for the dead, nor print any marks upon you. I am the Lord. Uh, if you want to read the English Standard Version, you shall not make any cuts in your body for the dead or tattoo yourself. I am the Lord. Folks, yep. when you do that, you just brought a curse on yourself. Mm-hmm. We were instructed not blood. to do it. And it cuts your skin. It opens up a doorway in the spirit. And you get demons that go in. Usually okay. demons of slavery. Uh, what else is rooted in that? Rejection, rebellion. You got they can get any sort of demon. One that gives them cancer. Folks, this is not what you want to do. And if you've done it, is there a remedy? What does someone yeah. do and say, hey, but Peter, I got one in the military. I didn't know what I was doing. Or I just thought it was kind of cool. You know, I put a Mickey Mouse on my ankle or, you know, tramp stamp. Uh, mm. Folks, tramp stamp? Think about that. Think about also yeah. the image that people put on dragons. Mm. You want a whole death? I you saw want one whore? guy had a graveyard on his leg. A graveyard. You want a spirit of death? Come in, do that. You want, a, you want one of the most wicked spirits? Dragon spirit, which is Satan himself? Bring in a dragon spirit. Uh, you want to become a slut and a whoremonger? Put a tramp stamp on. Mm. And all this other stuff. Rest of development. Um, okay, so let's say someone's done this. What is the remedy? Well, you know, I had a demon tell me once it was a, a welcome mat. And, you know, people show them off when they walk around. You, you can have your shirt off, you know, walk around with your tattoos and walk past someone with a high-level demon in them. That demon might just say, I'll jump over to you because you look better now. I'm sick of this other guy. Wow. And it's a welcome mat. So how do you get rid of it? The way we, get, well, the way we cover everything, we confess our sin. He's just and faithful to forgive us our sin and cleanse us from unrighteousness. You know, the tattoo may still be there, but it's covered in the blood. I'd pray that it be covered in the blood. And that any doorway that it's open be closed. That's right. In Jesus' name. Then you break that in curse. Jesus name. And command the curse and the demons that came in through it to leave you and go in the name of Jesus. Yep. Command them to the table. Put the judgment of the cross on them. And, and confess you're not in agreement with them. See, Shannon, we're, we've all been given kingship of God. We're king of our own lives. It says in Revelation, we're all kings and priests. If we get in agreement with something, it stands as a contract oath. That's why Sheba's name means oath. It's broken at the Lord's table. Our contracts are broken with evil. Our oaths with evil are broken at the table. So you take your tattoo and stick it on the table and say, I don't want this anymore. I want it broken. I want the oath over it broken. I'm out of agreement with it. Let it, the evil associated with it be judged and cast out of me. And it's fixed. Now, you might take a little while. You might take a little while, but that will be fixed. But some of these things fix easy. Some of these things are not easy fixed. I had another person went to one of them God's bartender meetings and then ended up with, with creepy things crawling all over her back. Wow. And itchiness and creeping and, 
and torment and can't get rid of it that easy because, you know, they should have known better than to go there. But, you know, God is faithful, people get to live it, but sometimes it's not that easy. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. You know, Judgment folks, begins at the house of the God first. You reap, we have to be careful. You reap what you sow, folks. You know, it just made me think about something. What about people out there who bite their fingernails? Like I don't go know. To, they go to movies. They start biting their fingernails. Hmm. You say, I don't know. What's, what's that all about? Fear? Anxiety? Hmm. Nervousness? You say, but it only happens when I go to the movies. Well, you know what's let it in, don't you? Repent of it, of going to the wrong type of movies. Repent of that, confess that sin, break that curse in Jesus' name, command those demons to go, and don't go back to those same things. You reap what you sow. You, what you're That's having right. is you've got the fruit of what you sowed and you came into agreement with. Uh, you have to me, have a look at the motivation behind the movies, eh? If the spirit of this world's making movies, what's his motivation? See, Jesus said, Shannon, I'm going to prepare a place for you. Well, wouldn't you think Satan's preparing a place for himself? And he's preparing it in humanity, in the hearts of people. Right. So he's doing that through the media through the lifestyles, through the gay and lesbian abortions and everything else, murder, the war and everything that's going on. We cast out a spirit of war in someone. And it's gone, we love war, we love war, we love war. So it's go to a war movie and get a spirit of war, you know. Right. Because you're coming into agreement with it. Yeah. And folks, You're giving you... your authority to it, aren't you? That's By paying right. your money. And then the demons say, okay, right, I'm hitching a ride with you. And they just come Ball right in. That's the a fair deal. gate, ear gate. You, you're, you're a king and you say, I'm worshipping war. I'm agreeing with war. I'm loving this. I'm getting my kicks from people being blown up, blood going everywhere. Good. You, you belong to me, says the demon. I'll, I'll come and live with you. I like you. That's true, folks. This is very dangerous. We've got to shut the doors to the enemy. Yeah. Um, acupuncture, acupressure. Uh, Chinese yeah. witchcraft, uh, Reiki, witchcraft, yeah. uh, yoga, mm. witchcraft. What's on, going on when online, people do online yoga? fortune telling? Mm. I, had to, I had to go online for a lady and um, resign her off the site because she was that scared to go back on there after we dealt with her. You know, and why? She had things moving around in her heart. Oh, and they came in from giving her heart to online fortune-telling. I said, you're a, you're a, this lady's 60 years old. You're, you, you're a Christian all your life. Why are you doing that for? Oh, I didn't think it would hurt. Well, that's why I'm raising it today. It does hurt. It is dangerous. And watch out because uh, these things... We cast this out of this lady. Peter Johnson was over here. It was that powerful. I actually got knocked out while we were praying. Wow. I, I, got, I passed out praying by whatever was there. <laughs> it hit me. But it came out of her heart, and the heart murmur left her. Praise you know God, it? man. And this was, uh, she'd opened up a door through uh, uh, divination, online fortune telling. witchcraft, online fortune telling. 
Yeah, and you know, she had no house to live in, was poverty, and because she'd given her money to them. You're going to give your money to witches, they say, good, your, your finances belong to us now. So oh. now, since then, she's been able to get a, a housing commission house, and she's got a house, and she's, she's, she's living along pretty well oh, since man. then. But you can't, you can't be going to these things. It's so dangerous. People don't realize you can get a principality in you. And I, um, what we learned also, you know how the Nephilim were, were giants? You, you, get a, you get a spirit that used to live in a 30-foot high body in you. And that thing's not going to be comfortable. It's going to stretch you and make you ache and pain all over. Wow. Also, maybe bow your back and... That's right. Bow you over. Start that could have been what that lady was problem. It doesn't fit. Man. Doesn't, doesn't it doesn't fit. There's some of them fit because they're not all were giants. But you, if you're uh, you know, unfortunate in the wrong place, you could have a 30-foot high spirit trying to squeeze itself in you. Oh, man, crippling uh, pain. Yeah, I, that's what I've experienced some people have got. Folks, it's because we open the door to these things through sin. We've got to shut the door. Because when you come yeah. into agreement and we disobey the Lord, we bring a curse on ourselves. Those demons have legal rights. Okay, we had, we had a lady uh, contact me, uh, not in the chat room here, but uh, elsewhere. Said uh, she's being tormented by uh, a snake spirit. It's been bound around her yes. for years. I asked her, I said, how did it come in? She said, I was having phone sex with a Muslim. This snake uh, transferred right in over the phone line, and now it's got me gripped, and it mm. chokes me. Mm. Folks, uh, oh. transference of spirits over telephone line. What about sexual transference of demons? What is the danger of people having sex outside of marriage? Well, the, the thing is, is that um, you, you take um, same sex. Yes. There's, a, I think, there's a doorway opens. If a man and a woman have sex, there's a doorway open between them. They become one flesh, right? Yeah. So naturally, the man has a, a socket, if you like, uh, for, has a connecting device in the spirit with a woman. Yes. And they match. They match, right? If their souls if, become knitted, right? Yeah. But if you have two men, when, when they're having sex, the socket's open for the woman, but there's no woman there. Hmm. And in comes the demon through that gate. Oh, big time. It's an open door. Well, absolutely. You become one flesh. And vice versa. Vice versa. And same, folks, once you become one flesh with someone, any demons they got or you got go back and forth. And you know what? Maybe they're one flesh with someone else they've already had sex with. What if you had sex with a prostitute? who's had sex with 200 or 1,000 men or 1,000 women, whatever they are. Okay, and then they, they're all connected. I mean, it's like a huge MLM in the spirit. You're connected it's, to three it's here. A, they're it's connected. a lottery. Folks, fragmented mind. You'll be a walking Swiss cheese. You'll have so many doorways for demons, you won't know what to do. So what's the remedy for it? Number one, don't do it to begin with, if you're considering it. But what what is what do we there's do? A, what, 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 there's a thing that the lady with the snake can do. Okay. 
What, what did God say to the snake in the garden? You shall go on the ground. Yes. And you shall eat dust. Now, natural snakes don't eat dust, do they? But what is dust? Cursed is the ground for your sake, Adam. So the snake has to eat the curse. So what she can do is pray the judgment of the cross on the snake and command it to eat the dust. And it will die from the curse and come out. She can also order its head crushed. You will crush his head with a foot, right? Yes. Now, if you have a look in... I was thinking about the snakes. If you have a look in the nature... In, in, in the science world, if you want to make an electromagnet, you make a coil of wire and it makes an attraction. Right. And snakes, snakes coil. So you, you order them their coils to be cut because that's their sucking hold as they coil around you. And another scripture says they shall be fleeing seven ways. You cut them in seven parts. So would you? Because, how would you actually uh, go about c- cutting them? Would you say I, I cut them, or I loose the angels of God to cut them? What would you do? I take the sword of God's promise, which is the Word, and I cut you in pieces. And I order this to be executed by the kingdom of heaven. In Jesus' name. Jesus' name. Okay, so you can the shut- um, snake. The snake must lose its limbs which means it's, its body, it has to lose its body. It's got no body, it has to crawl on the ground now. And it must eat dust, and it must have its head crushed. Now, it's not easy, because snakes, the snake is uh, attracting and, feed, and feeding off rodents and, and, the, and the night creatures, you know, the, the rodent type mouse and creatures and things, right. unclean creatures. It attracts them. Or is it attracted to them? It it is a it is one of the first spirits that will bring gateways to others. I've found it's been the first one implanted by those new age type people. They they first of all implant Kundalini or a snake. Yes. And then that snake opens the door as a strong man for the rest of them. Over time, so a person that has that must be very careful now not to get loaded with more. It's That's not right. only get the snake out; that lady needs to realise that she's in danger of being loaded up with more if she doesn't watch out. Because they can have a whole nest in there of these things. Yep, and you get uh, Mary Magdalene had seven demons cast out of her. Why was it raved about? The demoniac had three thousand or something, and they're raving about she had seven, and it was much love. And I believe it's one for each chamber of the heart, one, one seven kings. Uh, there's scriptures where we're judged seven times, seven deadly sins and seven abominations, all these things, seven chambers of the heart. So this snake can get in one and then it can start filling up the others. Oh, man. It's very dangerous. Yeah, it is. So so. She, she's now got a battle. You know, she's now got a battle. And unfortunately, there is not many people in the world that know how to deal with all this properly. So you know, you, I, you, I've been traveling around here trying to find people. And um, I found a couple, but uh, a couple of good ones. 
found a lady, a uh, Jewish lady with a shofar. <laughs> really? <laughs> oh, man. She she got the Bible on this person's chest and got the person to hold the Bible, went around behind the person, blew the shofar, and the person hit the floor with the demons coming out. Wow. First time I've seen that. That was amazing. Praise the Lord. Yeah. So you, the Jewish, Messianic Jewish lady. <laughs> you lose the judgments of the, uh, of the Lord onto the demons in Jesus' name? Yes. You, uh, they didn't like it. Now tell me, what. Uh, go back over again the issue of, of the, uh, the judgment of the cross. Okay. First of all, the cross, the, the blame for Jesus' death is on the demons, on Satan, the power of darkness. The payback must be on darkness. This is how darkness is overcome. Because he was because, innocent, falsely accused, and he was falsely tried. They tried him at nighttime. Yes. And it was not just people. I believe it was people manifesting, spirits talking through the people. Yes. And so the fault, the, the person wanted to let Jesus go, Pilate. The people yelled out, crucify him. I believe it was demons manifesting, yelling out the crucify him. Jesus said it wasn't the people's fault. They didn't know what they were doing. So who did? Jesus identified it before the cross when he was arrested as the power of darkness. So it is the power of darkness must pay for the shed blood of Jesus Christ. That simple. Okay, so how do you, uh, how do you turn that into a prayer? Well, the, the responsibility of, 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 of executing the judgment for the death of Jesus Christ has been given to us. Yes. So we do it by binding and loosening, by command, by faith, by power in the faith of the blood of Jesus Christ. Through faith in his blood, we are saved. And when we pray like that, heaven comes to execute the judgment we, we have called forth in the earth because man was given dominion in the earth. Man was given dominion. I can't find where God took it back off man. Man was given dominion right up there in the garden. Yes. And it's man, as I showed you in Genesis 9, it's from the hand of man, God says, he wants the blood of man. So vengeance is the Lord's, but it comes through man's hand. So we are now Jesus Christ, which is vengeance. We are God's vengeance instruments on the demons. And we command it as one in authority. We overcome it by the blood of the Lamb. What is the word of their testimony? It's not our testimony, that's for sure. A testimony is a matter of court. A witness gives its testimony. So we stand at the Lord's or sit at the Lord's table and say, look, there's the blood, there's the bread, pay up. We testify it's on your head. That's how you do it. So we execute the judgment of the cross on these demons. That's right. We, we asked when command the demons to take it. We, if, we, if they're speaking, you make them confess that they bow their knee and take the judgment on their head. You put that on their head. Now, you do that by speaking, just like a judge would. 
I sentence you to the blood of Jesus Christ on your head, you demon. Now you take it now and suffer the pain and punishment that he did. That's good. Okay, so let's say you've got a demon on the ropes right now. Let's say uh-huh. it was a you know a demon of lust. What would you say to it? Well, you spirit, you come up to the table of the living God. I order you bound and up to the table of the Lord. And uh, depending on what, what it does, but uh, if it doesn't say anything, I just read it the riot act. You now take the blood of Jesus Christ on your head. I command judgment on you. You receive it now in Jesus' name. You suffer now the punishment of Jesus Christ. You take the full load and you come out of this person. I command you to the pit, the place of the dead, because the wages of sin is death. You must die. Death means separation, by the way. That's why they come out. Ah, okay, yes, they're separated from the body. Yep. And then they're locked up in the pit. Yeah, when someone dies unsaved, they go to hell, so do the demons. So they don't want to leave the earth, but they have to, because they're dead. All right, we're executing the judgment. That's our job, folks. Our job. Jesus is going to do it for us. He's given us the authority. That's the problem with the world. The the power of darkness hasn't had the judgment put on it, because mankind has dropped the ball of doing that. Amen. Wow, we got a job to do, don't we? There's a lot of demons out there to corral. There is, and that's why we got to. That's why we got to preach and teach it, and encourage it. Look after the saints who do it. Support each other. Be kind to each other, because there's not many doing it. Amen to that, brother. Praise the Lord. Amen, folks. Hey, if you say, "Hey, I," but I agree with some of what you're talking about tonight. You don't agree with all folks. Jesus says, "Leave them alone." If they're for me, they're not against us. You know what I'm saying? You don't have to agree with Peter and I tonight. That's all right. If you don't have the faith for some of this stuff, that's fine. But we don't need to attack one another out there. You know, uh, if you don't have the faith for it, folks, then ask God to give you the faith. Increase my faith. I'm not saying I'm right. I'm saying what I discovered that works. Amen. That's what that's. Amen. I was talking to someone the other day. I said, hey, you know what? You don't believe in interrogating demons? Fine. You do it your way, I'll do it my way. But Jesus mm-hmm. Christ interrogated demons. The mm-hmm. most basic form of interrogation is ask a question. What's your name? Do you not think that the Son of God, who is God, already knew the name of the demon that it was in legion, folks? Why then would he take the time to ask the demon that name? As an example for you and I that would come along that would say, how do we do deliverance? You can yeah, find that out whole exam- Yeah, that whole example there. So that we know that you can have thousands of demons in one person. Oh, that too. Absolutely. And, you know, you can get the name. You can get how did you get in? Mm-hmm. What's your legal right? And who else is in there with mm-hmm. you? These are basic forms of interrogation in a time of war. We're not asking the demons to tell us the lucky lotto number or who's going to no. be president next. We're not on divination trips. Divination, folks okay, is going to an occult source, okay, to to find answers out for your life. We're not trying to do that. What we're talking about is we've captured the enemy, and our job is to get him out in the name of Jesus and destroy any of the other spirits that he's working with. Two different things altogether. Interrogation is not divination.
It's war. It is war. Amen. And you say, but I'm going to do it like Jesus did. That's what he did. Do you have, are you walking in the full measure of the Holy Spirit, folks, that you can just say out in Jesus' name and all the demons are going to go? If, if you think that you are, number one, you, you got to, you're bound up with a spirit of pride right now. Number two, I've never seen anybody do that. Yes, you can get demons out by saying, come out in Jesus' name. But we wrestle. Even Paul, an experienced deliverance minister, took him, said they came out the same hour. Didn't say it came out immediately. Came out, mm. We wrestle. You get bit by bit, not to mention... Peter, doesn't the word of God say God and leave some of the beasts of the field? Yep. There's a scripture in Exodus that says, I won't deliver you in one year because the beast will rise up against you and overtake you. God in his love, you've got to remember here, everybody, this is love. This is a love story. God in his love sometimes will deliver people bit by bit because of reasons he knows. And that's not doubt that they'll get free. That is reality of the care and love of God where they are in a state where they may need um, they may need careful deliverance and healing as they go along and I tell you what there's too many deliverance ministers who give up too many people give up we should not give up we should not go weary while doing good in due reason we will reap Amen every prayer so, works folks we can't give up some, though go ahead can't give up yeah some need more prayer than others. And, you know, we, should, we are servants. We should pray as much as needed for anyone. Joshua. But there are people that start judging the, the person being prayed for. Yes. Well, there's an example. Look at the little boy. They couldn't get the demon out. You know, Jesus said, they bring to Jesus, and Jesus said, you know, they said, we can't get him out of this kid. And Jesus said, this kind comes out like prayer and fasting, right? Yes. Who did the prayer and the fasting? Because Jesus got him out, the demon. Was it the boy? No. It was Jesus. The prayer and fasting responsibility is on the minister. Hmm. Jesus said, ye perverse. He called the disciples perverse and of little faith. How long should I put up with you? Perverse means you've got spirit still and you've got little faith. That's why it didn't come out. So don't go blaming the person you're praying for. I, that's my advice. I'm not telling anyone anything. I'm just saying. I would agree. It's, 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 it's our fault that we haven't got enough faith. Amen. And we, ne- we need to work on our faith. And this is part of learning. Faith is substance. Faith is the evidence of what you hope for. Faith is the substance of what things hope for, the evidence of things not seen. It's what you're hoping for. We must hope in the love of God and hope that it is God's will for people to be delivered. He says, it's my pleasure to give you the kingdom. It is the joy of the Lord. The joy of the Lord is the kingdom. It's deliverance. You want to make God happy? Deliver people. Amen. He begged, he begged Peter three times. If you love me, you'll, you'll do deliverance. No, he says, if you love me, you'll feed my sheep, which is deliverance. <laughs> Amen. It's the children's bread. That's right. Praise the Lord. As we're coming up to the close of today's program, Peter, I want to thank you for coming on, brother. Uh, we're going to have Peter on right. every month. I'm mm-hmm. really looking forward to more teaching, and next time we'll take some calls, too. 
Uh, Peter, yeah. would you give out your contact information, tell people how they can find your website and uh, contact you and support your ministry? Yeah, it's um, um, website hiskingdomstable.com and his emails kingdoms, his, his kingdoms table his kingdoms table dot com there's a, there's a little booklet there free download his kingdoms table dot com and um, my Facebook is Peter Whiffen W H I double F for Fred I N and you mentioned um, go ahead mm-hmm. you have an email as well um, yeah that's my email is uh, Peter Whiffen at Hotmail Peter, do you do deliverance with people that yeah. uh, may need it? Yeah, all the time. How? And you can con- contact me on Skype, which is uh, or Facebook or whatever. Uh, value, V A L U, seven 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 Skype. The word Skype. I've got a case for you to work on. I uh, I, I did three rounds with the gentleman. He got some deliverance. Praise Jesus. Uh huh. And I want uh, to get your help on it. Uh, he is living in the United Arab Emirates. He works as a oh. nurse assistant, and he yeah. literally is out in the desert, bro. Oh, dear. Way in the desert, and uh, he's been tormented. But we've won a couple rounds, and uh, I'm going yeah. to get his contact yeah. info to you. Uh, yeah, well, if you see me around, too, bring me in. I'll pray with you, too, with him. But, you, um, you got yeah, it. Get him to contact me as well. Amen. You're, Peter's in the Gold Coast of Australia. Um, yeah. Peter, have you ever had an opportunity to go up and meet uh, Peter and Verley Hobson in Sydney? No, no. Um, they're, they're a day's drive from us, but I haven't got there. I'd like to meet them one day, hopefully. Big time. Yeah, they're, um, it's good to know we've Down got other brothers and sisters, sisters out there in Deliverance. Peter, as yeah. we're closing tonight, would you like to, um, any final words you want to close in prayer? Yeah, I just, um, just praise God for everybody. We thank you, Father God, for everyone. And um, I thank you that we even have this subject to talk about. You'd be a terrible world if we were all stuck with our demons and uh, no no hope and no answer. And uh, we just honour, we honour the Father, we honour Lord Jesus Christ for what he's done, and the Holy Spirit for being here with us. And we honour everybody, we thank everyone, and we pray everyone receive the knowledge and the power to be free in Jesus' name. I touch and agree. Father Amen. God, I ask you bless my brother. Bless his family. Loose favor for them, Lord God, in Jesus' name. Bless his health, his finances, and give him more opportunities, Lord, to minister. And I thank you for this, and I ask it in Jesus Christ's mighty name. Amen. Amen. Thanks a lot, Love you, my brother. Bless your heart. I appreciate you taking the time to come on tonight, Peter. We'll have you back on soon, my friend. All right. Just let me know whenever. And uh, we take some calls. You know, we can do some demonstration here, because that's pretty powerful. We'll do that on our next program. We'll have Peter teach for an hour, then we'll take an hour of calls. How's that sound? Yeah, that'd be great. Talk to you later, my friend. Thank you for coming on Uh, today. Okay, no worries. See ya. That was Peter Whiffen. Peter Whiffen, W-H-I-F-F-I-N. Folks, it's been a uh, pretty awesome day today. Thank you, Jesus. We had an opportunity today to have Alan McManus from England on the program. Then we had, we had that at 3, 3 p.m. Uh, Eastern this afternoon, early bird show. Then we had um, next John Kyle. And now we have had uh, Peter Whiff. It's been a great day, great week. Thank you, Jesus. Tomorrow we're going to have a special guest at 7 p.m. Eastern. 
Tony Chang. So, Lord willing, we'll be, see you back tomorrow night. And uh, looking forward to that. I want to thank you for tuning in. If you want to contact me, you can do so up at OmegaManRadio.com. My email is there. Uh, I've updated the site. We've got 24-hour streams now. You can hear one morally day and night at that website. We also have CharlesHoltzhauser.com, which has 24-hour messages, many of them on deliverance. And um, you can also find me up on uh, Facebook. Mega Man Ready. If you want to add me as a friend, just send me a request and I'll approve it. Thank you for tuning in today. I'll have all these uh, archives up to date over the weekend on SoundCloud. So if you're coming in late, you can get them there. And don't forget, if you have a smartphone and you're looking for an app, either to uh, access the MixLR show live or SoundCloud, go to my website, MegaManRadio.com, and click on the apps link. And it has instructions on MixLR for Android, iPhone, just the other type of smartphones out there, and download the app. And let me know how it works for you. God bless you. I'll see you on the next edition of Mega Man Radio.